0: FedHeads, welcome to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. This is Sharing Our Pairings, episode 113. That's right, running for more than three years now. And the topic is Elway El- 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 Wense Maduro, which is a word you probably wouldn't be able to say two years ago. I'm your host, John, the Cigar Surgeon. We are broadcast live, heard around the world, and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. You can tune in at CigarFederation.com, which we're housed at, and of course, YouTube.com, and now streaming live on Facebook Live. Get in those questions, those emoticons, those comments. We love them. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Drant. Trippy, what's going on, buddy?
1: Not much recovering from uh, the the surprisingly exhausting week of IPCPR. It was, I mean, I knew it was going to be a lot of running around and stuff, but uh, it was a lot more exhausting than I expected.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's exciting. There's no question it's exciting, but uh, there's no question that even now, after doing it for, I think it's my fourth year or fifth year uh, fourth year. And, uh, I mean, you just come out of it and you need to, you need a week off. You essentially need a week off having, you know, quote unquote, been on vacation for a week, which is not the case.
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry. I was getting up the Facebook audios or the Facebook videos so that I could keep an eye on the comments and ended up blowing myself out. Uh, nice. so yeah, I was really surprised because I was expecting it to be, you know, kind of fun and work at the same time. Um, but it was really all work that happened to be really fun. Yeah. Like the entire time you're working basic almost 24 hours a day. Anytime you're not asleep, you're basically working. Uh, but it's uh, it's pretty fun work.
0: I mean, even the, um, you know, and I would call them strategic friendships or strategic relationships after the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of that, obviously that there's, there's real friendships there, but a lot of it is uh, relationship building. You know, it's not... Uh, I can't just be myself because myself uh probably wouldn't be appropriate for Cigar Federation. Uh so you know, I gotta still keep my business hat on and I think we all kept our business hat on. Yeah. As much as we wanted to uh drink thirteen and a half percent A B V beer and just rage all night, um, you know, we, 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 we are running a media media company, media conglomerate.
1: Yeah, exactly. We gotta you you gotta keep it under control.
0: But we're not really here to talk about the IPCPR. We're gonna talk about that tomorrow night. Yep. So you can make sure to tune in live at our regular scheduled time of 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll definitely have some really interesting conversation. Recap the show, talk about shenanigans, and we'll have the transitionary MFN CEO on the show, talk about his experience. It'll be a good time. What we're really here to talk about tonight, of course, is uh, Elway Wednesday. which again, I think two years ago, I think everyone struggled with it. And now, you know, everyone's saying Elway Wednesday because it's just I mean, it's Logan, fashionable.
1: Logan still can't
0: say it. Logan's yeah. the wise man. But, I mean, have you heard his his, his Espanol? I mean, his Espanol oh. is truly Texas Espanol. It's like, tragic. It's tragic. Um, so I think, I mean, first of all, let me just say, his cigar is really good. Um, we lit it up on the floor, and it's not a good indication of, you know, when you're running around, uh, well, doing work. It was actually,
1: I think it was kind of the first cigar that either of us smoked at the show. That's so, actually true. Cool we came in on Monday and Logan was already there, you know, working in the foundation booth, trying to get everything going. And, and he happened to weasel a couple. And so we yeah. went over to the, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a nice word, but I'll just say the Westgate. Uh, mm. that's the nicest thing I can call it. <laughs> uh, but we went, over words there. In French. Yeah, we went over there and tried to find a place to smoke and ended up finding this bar that was closed where nobody was, uh, and all three of us lit this up, and all three of us were like, whoa, this is really good. Uh, I think we were all pretty shocked by how good it was, especially being like the first cigar of the show, kind of.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, there's – because people ask me all the time, they're like, do you, do you fall for um, – I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But do you, do you fall for the pomp and circumstance of a cigar? And I would say not really. I mean, <laughs> I think – if anything expectations are higher, you know, like when Steve gives me a cigar or Nick mm-hmm. gives me a cigar, if anything, my expectations are higher because I know that they really know their tobaccos, uh, Of course, Steve and Nick are inexorably linked forever and ever, and I yeah. apologize for that, but, sorry, um, guys. sorry, guys, uh but you know anyone who really knows their tobacco uh, i 'm expecting more versus someone who i don 't know in the industry, who gives me a cigar for the first time, and i don 't know their background my expectations are actually tempered so yeah. if if anything i think this cigar had a lot to fight against and really if you can light up a cigar and take 3 puffs and like everyone at the at the table is just making guttural sounds that's probably a good indication
1: yeah i i think it's and it's also i think it's kind of rare for you logan and i to all agree on a cigar being good absolutely uh, cuz we've all got slightly different palates with like me and you are kind of close and logan and i are kind of close Ah, uh, but you and Logan are not close, really at all. There are things that you both like, but not a whole lot.
0: It's a very slim Venn diagram. Yeah, very slim. Um, so maybe uh, obviously the reason we're smoking this is because this is one of the new hotness from the show. Uh, right. We do yeah. have some review samples, which we'll be getting that review up hopefully really quick. But it seemed timely to have this on the show, get it out of the gate before all the other hipsters uh, jump on it. So, uh, Trippy, you want to walk our audience through the blend?
1: Yeah, so when I was interviewing Nick, he did tell me that there were a couple tweaks to the blend uh, from the, the regular way Wednesday. The fillers are the same tobaccos in slightly different ratios. I think he said he kind of upped the Esteli Lajero a little bit to give it a little more strength. It might have actually been the Jalapa Lajero. But Either way, the uh, filler is all Nicaraguan. The, Coro- or the binder is Jalapa Corojo 99, and the wrapper is one of my favorites beautiful Mexican San Andres. And we are smoking the Corona Gorda, which is a soft box pressed uh, 5 and 5 eighths by 46.
0: And let me just say, if you want to win my heart, make a lancero or make a box press. Um, it's very there's very few cigars that are box pressed that I don't love. Um, mm. I think box presses are magical. I think when I lit this up, what I need, what I initially get is a, a little bit of white pepper or maybe a red, red pepper flake underneath that. But it's like, um, it's like this rich molasses, like a, like a really subtle molasses. And then there's the spice underneath that. And then there's a whole just myriad of flavors that are just going on. Like this is not this is, I mean, for all the nuances of the, with the original way wanse all yeah. of those flavors are tuned way or dialed way up and, uh, I mean, it's going to take me... It, it's one of those cigars where you have to sit down and pay attention to it because there's so much going on. Uh, it, well, and you were saying it kind of demanded your attention the other day.
1: Yeah, I smoked one yesterday uh, to kind of prepare for the show, just so I could kind of get an idea of uh, what might pair well with it. And it really kind of commands your attention because it's it's got the two things that I think are needed in a truly great cigar, which is, one, it can... Like You could smoke this while you're mowing the lawn and you would enjoy it. It's not a cigar that absolutely needs your attention, um, but it really kind of begs for it because there's so much nuance underneath that kind of spicy, chocolatey, earthy core. Uh, And, I mean, it's just got layers and layers of flavor. And another thing that we were talking about is it's got a surprisingly clean finish. Mm. Like, it doesn't stick around with that dirt and that like that like dirty, spicy, gritty finish. Uh, it's a really surprisingly clean finish, even though it's pretty spicy and pretty earthy.
0: Yeah, I, I would say even within the San Andreas line of wrappers, I, I oftentimes find that the, the either the sweetness or just some of the underlying San Andreas characters tend to linger on your tongue. Yeah. And I would say, if anything, it's got a little bit of a drying mouthfeel to it. And um, like, I really struggle to taste the cigar after i puff on it which is unusual most cigars will leave a pretty distinct lingering flavor this has a very you know in the in the in the world of whiskey to draw a parallel it's got a very short finish you take a draw and boom it's done it's done immediately
1: yeah uh, it's i mean it's just kind of incredible for this this kind of blend i would expect it to have a long lingering finish and it just absolutely doesn't
0: in the retrohale on this um, really devoid of any of that sort of red pepper flake white pepper that I'm getting on the regular draw, and interestingly enough, I find the retro to be smoother. Um, it's just so mm-hmm. creamy, so elegant, more along the lines of the original way Wednesday from the retro than what I get off the regular draw. So that's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of backwards from what I would expect.
1: Yeah, on the retro I get a little bit of uh, like a black pepper spice, and then a lot of like fruity sweetness and creaminess.
0: It's so creamy. Yeah, it's so creamy. So in that vein, having cheated and smoked. You know, a fair number of these, I would say at the show, <laughs> um, you know, we are not going into this blind, uh, we, we did kind of have a sense of what we were going to go pairing mm. and I think we kind of talked pre-show that, uh, you know, we we're kind of looking for something on the sweeter end to pair with this, not overly sweet, but I think we both kind of have the same idea. Um, I have ended up going with a uh, bourbon aged coffee, which I think the bourbon's going to add a lot of sweetness. I've got yeah. a, a, a shared whiskey, which is always that, you know, stewed, sweet plum fruit, fruit. And then I've got a, just a monster of a, of a quote unquote Imperial Porter.
1: And I went with a, uh, a very interesting beer that I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, it's, it's lighter and crisper than I was expecting it to be. Uh, Then I went with a scotch that's kind of on the fruity, apple-y, pear kind of side. Um, And then a rum that's got some of that molasses sweetness that I really get from the cigar.
0: How are we doing for audience questions? Uh,
1: Jason Savka says, that is the best shirt ever that you're wearing. Uh, And Dave Burke says he wishes he had gone to IPCPR. He loved our coverage. And he says, I am made for the screen, which I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, Like I was telling John, like, when we started doing the footage at the beginning of the week, I couldn't even watch myself. Like it was hard to watch and to like, you know, how you have that thing with your voice where it sounds different on the outside and it does on the inside. Um, but after watching every single IPCPR video just to uh, remind myself what they said and make sure that we didn't miss anything or screw anything up uh, in the editing or anything like that, uh, I'm actually kind of OK with it now.
0: I mean, I think for your first show, you nailed it, um, and like I said, I told you this during the show, but I think um, your ability to go pound for pound with Boofy uh, was probably, for me, the highlight of the show. Also, JD, um, both of those videos, uh, are, you know, we kind of went into the show knowing that those two videos were c- going to kind of be the top yeah. uh, viewed, probably the most popular. And I think they both turned, I, I, I cannot imagine how we could have gotten better footage from those two interviews than we did.
1: Uh, I don't remember the specific uh, like exchanges, but there were a couple points in Buffy's interview where I was like, ah, I should have said this instead, um, but maybe next year.
0: Yeah. Maybe next year. So um, yeah, maybe I'll, uh, cause we've got a couple of minutes before our first uh, station break. So uh, let me let me introduce, I don't I don't have a picture, I'm just going to hold up, it's not very exciting, I'm just going to hold up a thermal flask, which, Ooh. by the way, for everyone out there who uh, enjoys coffee, um, if you do not use a thermal cough, and you are, thermal cough, thermal coffee, this is what happens when you're in Vegas for a week doing the IPCPR, is that your higher brain functions take a long time to come back. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you're not using a thermal carafe for your coffee, uh, and you're using a drip pot, you're doing it wrong. Hot plate coffee... Uh, should be thrown in the garbage. Uh, never, ever, 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 ever use a thermal, uh, a thermal hot plate because uh, really all you're doing is is toasting slash burning your coffee. Um, yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pour of that and uh, get it all squared away. And you can talk, uh, maybe do a quick introduction to your yeah. Person.
1: I'll do a, a quick introduction of mine. So I've got so I gotta get used to where I'm holding the bottle since I got a new camera. You'll notice I look down a lot. Uh, that's because I'm not used to this new camera. So I've got Fruitwood from Founders. Uh, This is interesting because I was expecting it to be a little closer to a stout, um, but it's actually like a light, crisp cherry ale, and then they age that in, on the bottle they call it maple syrup bourbon barrels, but they're actually, they were originally bourbon barrels, then they age maple syrup in there, um, and then they age this beer in there. Uh, So I'm expecting some fruit, some cherry sweetness uh, with a little bit of maple sweetness, and of course, some of that kind of smoky bourbon character that you get from the barrel age.
0: I'll talk about the uh, particulars of the coffee in a minute, but let me just say on the nose this has just got bourbon, that sweet, rich bourbon for days, uh, mixed in with this like uh, 70, 70% plus cacao. And so it's just chocolate and bourbon all day long on the nose. And yeah. this is, you know, oftentimes uh, I will take a little bit of honey in my coffee sometimes in this morning. Um, but this is a, an example of a coffee that you absolutely want to drink black, uh, especially when we're doing a pairing tonight, I want to get the maximum flavor out of the coffee and I want to see, you know, what that coffee is going to bring out of the, uh, bring out of this way Elway Wednesday.
1: And mine, I mean, it's kind of exactly what I was, I was expecting some stone fruit, some cherry, a little bit of smokiness and just a touch of that kind of maple sweetness, um, and actually a little bit of hoppiness, too. It's almost a sour ale, too. Interesting. It's very, very layered. I'm going to take a couple sips during our station break and try to make copy, up my fun.
0: Copy that. So I uh, just reminded to audience, you are tuned in live to Sharing Our Pairings, episode 113, the only show on the internet dedicated to pairing. We've been running for more than three years now. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon, joined by my co-host, Trippy Trent. And oh. uh, more about that tomorrow night, Trippy Trent. Um, we are featuring the Elway Wednesday Maduro from Foundation Cigar Company. Nick Malilo. I don't think anyone at this point doesn't know Nick Malilo. Uh, please stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. <laughs> Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars. It's hand-rolled Nicaraguan, available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. All right, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, So, first of all, uh, Lane Coffee is not sponsoring the show, for those who are wondering. Uh, This came out of my hard-earned ducats, and uh, for those who aren't aware, the conversion rate from Canadian to American right now is not good. So, uh, uh, while Lane Coffee is an excellent value for our American friends, uh, not necessarily a good value uh, for converting. Uh, When I told Logan what the uh, cost was in in Canadian, uh, he's kind of looked at me and says, well, I guess you won't be ordering any more coffee for me then. A um, little bit about Lane Coffee. Uh, started up not too long ago by uh, Logan Lawler and Rob Rasmussen. They're uh, partners in Lane Coffee. Uh, their pledge is to roast everything fresh. They're committed to fresh roasts. And believe me, Logan spends a lot of his time roasting fresh coffee. That's all he does anymore. Um, their Their goals, their mission statement is to expose customers to as many different coffees as possible, but to do so in an affordable way. Uh, every, every order you place with Lane coffee comes with a free sample, which is kind of cool. And if you're one of those heathens that orders uh, ground coffee, which by the way, if you're going to order, uh, if you're going to order this kind of coffee, I highly recommend and, and implore you to go out and spend a few bucks on a grinder. Fresh ground coffee is the only way to go. If you get your coffee sh- shipped ground, you are an animal and, uh, and please. I lose a little bit of respect for you.
1: Please, please spend $15 on any type of grinder, literally any, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you can smash that coffee up, uh, it'll be better than pre ground coffee.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can get a blade grinder for 15 bucks. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but it's certainly better than having it because the moment your coffee is ground, it immediately starts losing flavor. However, Lane Coffee is committed to grinding it by hand manually. So every if you do order it ground, he's going to grind it manually. Um, today, I'm drinking the Nicaraguan Eagle. It's from uh, Hinotega region, um, aged in fresh Eagle Rare bourbon barrels, uh, using a proprietary technique. The coffee has been picked for its low acidity, medium body, subtle natural flavors. And I took a couple sips, and it is very subtle. Um, the, the nose off this makes you think it's going to be just this huge, huge mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But I would say this is probably what I would call an ideal breakfast or lunch coffee. Uh, The flavors are not overpowering. It's got a really nice clean finish, just like this cigar. You do get that sweet note. So again, I don't think you need any sweetener with this coffee. Certainly don't put any cream in it. Um, But, you know, excellent combination. Uh, I did do a uh, drip brew in my temperature-controlled Be More Brazen. Uh, It's one of the only three coffee makers in the world that are, I think it's the TCA uh, certified, which means they're certified that it uh, brews coffee at the correct temperature and holds it at the correct temperature for maximum flavor extraction. I'm going to take some sips, get a, little, get a little juiced on caffeine and nicotine here, and uh, let you talk about how that first beverage and where it comes from right. and all that good stuff.
1: <coughs> so uh, I have two things before I get into mine. First, we got a shout out from Lou Liga. He said it was a pleasure meeting us. What's it was up, a pleasure Lou? Meeting. I mean, gonna- Lou was. Everywhere mm. in the show, I, get, I saw I get, it in every booth.
0: I got sh- to show off. Check out the Nicaraguan flag, dog. Check it out. Yeah, Nicaragua. Uh,
1: if you don't get that, watch the poofy interview. Uh, second, you didn't mention. Um, I mean, this is a plug for for Logan, I guess. Um, but either way, we don't we don't get paid by Logan. He doesn't give us very much free coffee. He'll give us <sighs> a little bit and say, "Here, try this." But it's I didn't
0: I, did, I, I mean, didn't get a free sample. I mean, you got a
1: couple cups of coffee. Oh, you didn't get a free sample, did you? He I forgot didn't. that. Oh man. Weasel. Um but he doesn't like send us free bags of coffee or anything like that. I pay for, I pay full price for it. And it's the only coffee I buy. Um but he does have a uh, a collaboration with Foundation that you should look for at your local B&M. Uh hopefully hopefully your local B&M ordered some. So on to if, my
0: If they didn't ask for it.
1: Yes, ask for it. If they carry Foundation, they can carry the coffee. Um but that's, that's just a little plug for Logan, just to make him happy. Give him so some love. This beer is so much different than pretty much any beer I've ever had. So if, I was saying it tastes like a sour, but it doesn't actually taste like a sour. It tastes like a – closer to like a uh, – I don't know, a blonde ale, like a really crisp, really kind of soft on the palate ale with just a little bit of hops. But then you get that sour from the cherry, and then – you're left with just the sweetness from the, the cherry and really the maple syrup more so. And I'm not sure how well it goes with a cigar yet. I still haven't really made up my mind. Um, but I think it goes well. It's it's just such a complex beer and such a complex cigar that I can't decide. Oh, and I, forgot, I, I did forget to talk about Founders a little bit. So Founders, uh, they're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They were founded in 1997. Uh, they very quickly, like within five years or so of opening became kind of one of the highest rated breweries uh in the i don't know what to call that area the mid east kind of the it's just off the east coast in michigan um and you you probably have seen uh kentucky breakfast breakfast stout around and the uh canadian breakfast stout i think is the other one they have and then they just have the regular breakfast stout uh, and those are like crazy popular i mean they sell out in minutes uh and to give it their overview of the fruit wood, we took a crisp, light-bodied cherry ale, hit it away in oak barrels that have held both bourbon and maple syrup. After a lengthy stint, it emerged a change beer, in notes of warm vanilla, earthy sweetness. The wood proves itself to be the star of the beer, adding depth and taming the ch- tart cherry, while the maple imposes a velvety texture that lingers for not a moment too long. Uh, that's a little too poetic for me but
0: it's pretty fancy. Uh,
1: it, it's a pretty good beer. I like it. I would recommend trying this if you haven't. Um I'm starting to think it does pair well with the the more spicy earthy notes of the wise man.
0: Also, I neglected to mention first of all, thank you very much to Cigar Oasis and hi, I'm over at Cigar Oasis for this uh Baller lighter that we got oh, yeah. in Vegas. Uh that's going to be probably my regular show lighter. It's a nice little double torch, got a great action on it, nice and uh Nice and uh, heavy. It's a jet line with a, uh, a punch at the bottom that I'll probably never use because I use my Zykar V-Cutter. And Zycar hook me up, bro. I'm just saying. You know, I've been using a Zycar V-Cutter for like five years. Send, send, call me.
1: So I I kind of like the inclusion of a cutter in a lighter just because it's one less thing that I have to carry. Uh, Absolutely. For me, a punch is an ideal. I prefer a flat cut or a V-Cut. Um, but if I'm... I don't know if I'm going out to a herf or something or more likely if I'm going to a bar where they'll let me smoke a cigar and I'm just going to be there for one cigar. Um, I'd rather just bring my lighter and have a punch and not have one more thing to carry and possibly lose.
0: I'll tell you what I'd like, Trippy on the back of a lighter. What I'd like is a little clip where I could pop the, uh, the V cutter on there. So I could just attach the V cutter to the back of my lighter, just a little two prong clip where it's, it snaps on. Um, I mean,
1: Zykar has got that for their, uh, the slim line. flat cutters, the slim yeah. ones, yeah,
0: yeah, I'd uh, love to see that in the V cutter, that would yeah, because, like I said, I mean uh, i especially as I go to more and more herfs, the less things I can carry with me, really, the better,
1: yeah, exactly, a nice little package that'll fit in your pocket is perfect,
0: that's what she said, yep. um talking about the coffee, so this uh this eagle um really is described uh it's got a a really nice velvety chocolate flavor to it that's nuanced, it's not overpowering uh when you, when you nose it, that bourbon is almost overwhelming. Like, like you, there's no mistaking it. You open, open it up in the kitchen and the entire kitchen smells like bourbon coffee, but on the, on the palate, it's very subtle. It's very nuanced. I'm, I'm quite shocked actually. Um, but it is absolutely got all of those components I want in a, like a breakfast or a lunch coffee, great mouthfeel, nice and velvety. I really can't detect any acidity out of the coffee at all. There's a little bit of berries in there, but it's, again, very subtle and a nice quick finish, just like the cigar. In fact, maybe a little bit too much of a quick finish um, because the cigar does have a bit of a drying mouthfeel to it. um, And I was kind of hoping the coffee would offset that. So uh, you may find that um, if you're pairing a coffee that has low acidity and a quick mouthfeel finish to it, you might want uh, water or maybe a carbonated water to go along with this particular cigar just to keep your palate fresh. Like I I probably would go for a San Pellegrino um, just to keep my palate energized between draws here. Uh,
1: that does make me realize that this cigar, I mean, this beer really uh, has the opposite effect. It does not have a drying mouth feel at all. You kind of salivate a little bit because of that sour note. Um, and I think that part of it works really well with this cigar.
0: I could see um, we're about a... Uh, about a third of the way in. And I could definitely see a a true sour beer actually going really well with this. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like you said, a sour kind of supercharges your saliva, uh, gets you to pucker a little bit. And I think that could be a really interesting combination with the cigar. Sours for me tend to not be overpowering on the palate. And, you know, for all the complexities of the cigar, it is still nuanced and subtle. I think that might be an interesting combination. We might have to revisit in the future with some sours and do another sour
1: I, I think maybe we need to get a hold of that uh that tart of darkness. I uh, think that would go really well with this cigar.
0: Those uh not in the know we'll talk about that tomorrow, but we went out to a special dinner and had a tart of darkness which was a sour uh stout and it was uh it was a funkalicious combination yeah, that I they, they
1: were before. not lying about the sour part. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's more sour than most sour beers, I think.
0: Absolutely. Um so I'd say this first pairing, I mean, again, we, you know, we've talked about coffee on the show. We we haven't had coffee on the show in quite some time. So I felt like, you know, coffee is kind of the way to go. Uh, and I, you know, with a bourbon aged coffee that kind of, kind of hit where I was looking for, but um, it's really hard to get a bad pairing with a cigar and coffee. In fact, I challenge anybody out there, to have, unless it's a really high acidity coffee, I, I challenge anyone to find a coffee that does not pair well with a cigar. I mean, c- tobacco and, and coffee, it, it it's, it's you're gonna have a good pairing. Yeah, they're they're kind of
1: made to go together. It's one of those things you can't really mess up. Yeah.
0: So for me, the um the coffee's doing a great job of highlighting uh, more of the sweet characteristics in the cigar. Um, I do find that the uh, that pepper and red red flake um red red spicy flake in there is kind of um, being pushed aside because of the sweetness of the coffee and that that chocolatey flavor. Um, but again, you know, this to me is a great pairing. If I started my day this way. I would be a happy camper. This is a this is no brainer pairing so far for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think I've come around on the beer now that I it's worked its way into my palate a little bit. Um, I think this is a fantastic pairing for this cigar. It really it does, like you were saying, actually kind of hide some of the spicier notes on the palate, but they're still present on the retrohale. Um, but kind of the the earthy, chocolatey, uh, creamy flavors of the cigar go really well with this beer and the dry the the drying of the palate from the cigar goes really well with how the beer has that sour component that kinda makes you salivate a little bit.
0: Nice. I'm going to do a quick introduction on my second uh, pairing of the night here before we get into our second break. And this is something special. I uh, saw it in my cabinet, and I figured this was the way to go. This is the Iran. And this is a particularly limited edition special bottle, bottled exclusively for Kensington Wine Market. At the time, it was the oldest whiskey available from Iran. It's 18 years old. It was distilled in 1996 in November. It is cask 2003, bottled in 2015. Uh, this is bottle number 46 of 232. It is cask strength at 53.7%, <coughs> uh, and it was uh, aged in a sherry hogshead. So uh, I've had this many times before, uh, as you can see by the uh, the amount of liquid that's gone from the bottle already. Um, so I'm expecting uh, just a monster, monster sherry, which is what I've got in the past. I'll just hold that up quickly for our audience to take a look at the color, because uh, it is not colored; It is natural color, and you can see it's oh got wow dark amber hue, which I associate with a really heavily sherried whiskey. Nice legs on it. Um, go ahead and talk, uh, about your first beverage there. Uh,
1: so my first one is kind of a, an oldie, but a goodie kind of a scotch that should be in everybody's cabinet. Um, at least for some period of time until they kind of move on to the, the stuff you're, they're more comfortable spending money on, but it is the Glenlivet 12, uh, which is, which is the, the standard Glenlivet in the U.S. I guess. Um, it's, I picked this because it's got a lot of apple and pear for me. Um, and I think that'll go really well with the cigars. I'm excited to try that one.
0: Nice. Remind Reminder, audience, you are tuned in to Sharing Our Pairings, episode 113. This is broadcast live, heard around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Broadcast live at cigarfederation.com, youtube.com, and facebook live. Thanks to all our podcast listeners out there. You guys have been supercharged with our IPCPR 2017 coverage. We know you guys are listening in droves, so hope you appreciate this show. Make sure to subscribe. Feel free to drop us a line. Trip at CigarFederation.com. That's Trip with two T, two Ps, not Trent. And uh, Surgeon at CigarFederation.com it can drop us a line. Please stay tuned for a word from sponsors. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars to the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor, make sure you set it and forget it today. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm very eager to, to crack into this, uh, this whiskey because, uh, on the nose, it's just a, it's a sherry bomb. <clears throat> exactly what I've uh, grown accustomed to with, uh, big sherry expressions where, you know, just, just tons and tons of that Christmas stewed fruit, uh, lots of, uh, stone fruit, just, just, I mean, just rich and just makes me want to, just mm-hmm. chow down. I know it's going to have a, a huge flavor, so I got to uh, ease into it, let my palate not get shocked. I want to take some sippies here, uh, Trippy, Why don't you talk about your uh, your beverage there?
1: Sure. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the Glenlivet first. So the Glenlivet, uh, as we've talked about before, they were called Glenlivet Distillery at first. And the uh, there, there was no kind of trademark laws that allowed you to trademark the name of a city. So they weren't allowed to trademark Glenlivet. So we had other people, they had other distilleries popping up in the area that were saying, here's our Glen, Glenlivet 12. And it was very obviously getting confusing for customers. And so they decided to to trademark the Glenlivet. Um, so that's, I don't know exactly when all this was happening. Um, I, I should actually look at the timeline sometime, but all of the other Glenlivet distilleries ended up fizzling out. So now we're left with the Glenlivet. And that's why it, it will always say the Glenlivet because um, they don't want to go through that again. So this is uh, 40% alcohol by volume, which is typical in the U.S. They, <clears throat> they were actually founded in 1824. They're a side distillery. So you're going to get some more kind of sweet, fruity notes, less smoky, less honey. Uh, they have 14 copper pot stills consisting of seven 15,000 liter wash stills and seven 10,000 liter spirit stills. Uh, right, googly, that, googly. That's a lot of distilling. I couldn't find any, uh, any exact specs on how much product they output, but their maximum capacity, in theory, would be 10.5 million liters of pure alcohol.
0: It's a lot of freedom gallons.
1: Yeah, so based on forty percent, if we're averaging forty percent, that's about sixteen and a half million liters, which is four point three million gallons. Uh, that's a lot of juice.
0: That's a lot of juice.
1: Uh, so this is what the Glenlivet looks like. It's kind of a you know a light amber, kind of almost hay color, and it's it's just got a ton of fruit on the nose, kind of green apple, pear. Uh, and just a little bit, a little tiny touch of like honey sweetness. I'm going to take a couple of sips while you talk about
0: the Iran so I can take a couple of sips of this. Copy that. So the Iran is actually a pretty new distillery, certainly by Scottish standards, uh, only opened in 1995. They're considered a Highlands distillery, but they're located in the Isle of Iran, which is quite remote. Um, the, in fact, so remote that you have to take a plane or a boat to get there and they do have uh boats that go out there but i think it's only uh two or three boats a day so uh if you're out on the island you you really want to make that uh ferry back because if you don't you're staying the night in i bet they um, have
1: some some real expensive hotels on that island
0: i'm sure that they are yeah. not inexpensive um they uh they're quite small so they only produce about 750,000 liters uh a year which is quite small again by you know it's considered craft distilling within Scotland that's a very small distillery that's about 200,000 freedom gallons about 190,000 as I mentioned this is a a limited edition bottling the uh, owner at uh, Kensington wine market has a good relationship and you know it's one of those things kinda like the tobacco industry where if you have a good relationship with the manufacturer you can can work out some of these great deals so this is uh, cask number 2003 as I mentioned already uh, distilled in 1996, 53.7% 53, 53. ABV. Because it's an ex-Sherry hogshead, you do get a ton of sherry off of this. Uh, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a first-fill sherry, uh, but it's probably a second-fill sherry um, mm-hmm. because I'm just getting just a gargantuan amount of sherry off of that. And what it's serving to do for me for the cigar is it's supercharging the chocolate off the cigar. When I take a puff. Uh, and take a retrohale, uh, really I'm getting, you know, that creaminess is kind of being pushed aside, and I'm just getting boatloads of chocolate. Um, so, you know, this is this is kind of where I was hoping the pairing was going to go, and uh, and it is going there. So I'm very, very happy about where the uh, pairing experience is.
1: So for me, the Glenlivet is not, for, for my palate, the Glenlivet's never going to be like my daily scotch. Uh, it's just not in my scotch wheelhouse. It's kind of a, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to describe it in cigar terms. It's kind of a Sumatra of scotches for me, because for me, Sumatra just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I don't fall in love with the flavors of Sumatra. But in this case, it goes really well with the cigar. I mean, it's got so much sweetness up front and then kind of a, an almost spicy, like peppery finish. And I find it really brings out some of the sweetness in the cigar and... I'm not getting as much earth. I'm getting a little more of the sweetness, kind of the, uh, kind of some stone fruity flavors from the cigar. Um, and then kind of that, that charred smoky note that I usually get from uh San Andreas.
0: So, so interestingly enough, um, we're having different pairing experiences because I am getting more of that earthiness on the regular draw. Um, and I wouldn't say it's like that dank sort of chewy loamy flavor. <clears throat> um, it's the pleasant earth, if, the, if there is mm-hmm. such a thing, um, where it's not that chewy, chewy, dirty earth. Uh, it's a pleasant earth, like a sweet earth. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I wasn't really getting that flavor very dominantly when I was smoking the cigar on its own. And certainly not when I was pairing it with my, uh, with my Lane Coffee, Nicaraguan Eagle. How are we doing for uh, comments, questions, feedback on the uh, Facebook and or Cigar Federation chat slash page?
1: Uh, we've only got a couple comments. Uh, Lou Liga says the Foundation coffee is great. Uh, I think that's most of when I saw him was over at the Foundation booth, which was kind of our <laughs> home base because Logan was there. Um, and, I mean, people were just raging on that coffee. Everybody yeah, he was it. there
0: all day long doing coffee, nonstop.
1: Um, and then Jason Sufka says, uh, shameless Zykar plug, John. hmm Yeah. They make, they make a nice V-cut. I, what I am you uh, say.
0: I'm pretty excited I got to say for that new uh, Calibre uh 2 in 1 where it's yeah. got the uh, S cut on one side, the V cut on the other. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of the accessory that I really gravitate towards because it's the best of both worlds. Um you know, if you want to do a straight cut, uh you've got that available and then you can flip it over for V cut. It's a, it's a little thicker obviously to accommodate yeah. both. Um but I think that's probably one of the hottest accessories that I saw at the show coming out other than that uh what was it the lp4 or the ld4 that uh zark that that monster table lighter that zikar coming out with
1: oh yeah the i think it was called the lp4 hmm. um so for the v cutters i really like that new zikar v cutter yeah. it's kind of their their response to the Calibri v cut that everybody has kind of fallen in love with um i I haven't looked closely at the two of them side by side. I think it's not quite as deep as the Calibri because I know part of their marketing was a picture of a deep V-cut that was like this is too deep and a shallow one that said this is too shallow. Yeah. Um, and theirs is right in the middle. Uh, but that's a snazzy V-cutter. It's spring loaded. You kind of squeeze the sides and it pops open. It's nice.
0: I mean, it's really hard to go wrong with mechanical action. That's certainly what attracted me originally to the Calibri one. Yeah. So you know, there's no doubt that in my future, I'm going to be dropping some ducats on uh, both cutters because yeah, I'm uh, sure. No, nobody's sending me free cutters, so I'll be spending some money on uh, on those bad boys.
1: Anytime you get that like that visceral caveman response from an accessory, it's like perfect. Like the uh, the Turim is another great example oh, of that. that. It's got that ratcheting adjuster, yep. and I could see myself like. I don't know. The guys I'm herping with start talking about football and I'm just not into football and I sit back and I'm just going click 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 click, click just playing with that like wow. occupying my brain. It's like a, a fidget spinner for men.
0: Pretty, pretty much. So. That's that's a pretty accurate description. Now if, now if only I could get um some sort of weasel uh Roma Craft weasel branding on my accessories, I would be in my happy place.
1: Yeah, if only if only you could get those.
0: If only. So, this is uh tasty and I could rage on this all night. But I'm going to move on, um, not because I'm not enjoying the pairing, but because I'm excited to get into the last pairing of the night. It's uh, something that's been sitting in my uh, cellar, quote-unquote, for some time, for two years, actually. So this is the uh, the Black Butte, the XXVII, or, you know, 27 for those who uh, can speak Roman numeral. I-, I don't know how many how many listeners out there are old enough to have been taught Roman numerals in school, but I was certainly one of them, so... Roman numerals not a problem. I'm gonna hold this up. It's exactly what I would expect out of a nice, thick, stout. It's thick. It's viscous. It's got a nice creamy head to it, and uh, you know, it's it's everything that I want it to be on the nose. It's got like blackberry and huge malty, rich like that. You can you can tell how sweet it's gonna be just from nosing it. Like oh, the yeah. malts are just screaming thick, thick sweet malts. A um, little bit about because uh, this comes from Deschutes Brewery. We featured them on the show more than once. That's for sure.
1: And they they are in my neck of the woods.
0: And they are in your neck of the woods. Uh, Founded in 1988, they started out as a uh, public house uh, in Bend, Oregon. Uh, they are family and employee owned, uh, which is you know kind of cool. Support the support the quote unquote little guys. Uh, so this has been sitting in my cellar for two years. This is one of their series that they recommend uh, resting aging for at least a year to get the optimal amount out of that beer, which is kind of interesting because in the tobacco industry. You know, most companies want you to buy their product and smoke it. They don't want you to hoard it. They want you to smoke yeah. it. In this case, you're buying and you're sitting on it for a year. So you're not getting feedback on that beer for at least a year. It's a monster. It's 11.6% ABV, uh, 60 IBUs. And for those who are counting, it's 680 calories for a bottle, which uh, if you're doing the math of that, that, oh definitely puts, that definitely puts the shredded Canadian over his calorie count for the that's day like, if I end up finishing it. Like
1: that's a 12-ounce it. bottle, right?
0: yeah it's a it's a, it's a, it's a monster. look at this from everywhere.
1: and there's six hundred and eighty calories in that thing mm mm-hmm. dear Lord
0: it's a few calories it's a it's definitely a few calories now it incorporates a crap ton of malts so it's got pale wheat midnight wheat chocolate and crystal, and then in the hops they use uh, millennium which is not a surprise cascade and u s tetanang uh so there must be a european tetanang um I normally just see it listed as tetanang so this is the first yeah. time i've seen u s tetanang Um, and then for other ingredients, they've got, uh, Theo chocolate cocoa nibs, and then some really interesting stuff in here. They've got an apricot puree and pomegranate molasses. Now I don't know what pomegranate molasses Mm. is, but that doesn't surprise me. There's molasses in this, because like I said, off the nose, it's just crazy, crazy sweet and malty. Uh, they say that this beer has been aged for at least six months in an ex bourbon barrel that was at least 50% ABV bourbon. So you're getting a lot of that bourbon influence. Um, and they say they're, they're. Their statement for it is, the 27th anniversary of Imperial Porter was brewed with Theo Chocolates Cocoa Nibs, pomegranate molasses, and select spices blended with apricot puree, and then aged in bourbon barrels. They believe the result is a true, exquisite ale with bold chocolate mm. character, inspired flavors of fruit, and just a pinch of spice, the perfect way for us to celebrate our golden birthday with you. Trippie, you want to introduce your uh, third and final beverage of the night?
1: Yeah, but first I have to say, pomegranate molasses sounds like something I need on my pancakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So this one, like, I feel like this just goes so well with cigars and it's kind of, it's opposite of my other pairings, but I've had it on the show so many times recently, but I couldn't resist. It's the Havana club seven. It's as we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before it's, it's by no means the best rum on the planet or anything, but it is a solid and very unique rum. Uh, So, what I'm expecting to get out of it is some leathery kind of uh, tobacco notes that I think will highlight the spice and the sweetness from the cigar. Question for you. Sure.
0: Have you had a chance to crack into the uh, the rum samples at all?
1: No, I'm saving them for, uh, for sharing our parents.
0: Nice. Look at you. I think you'll really enjoy it. But uh, I will take a moment here to remind our audience you are tuned into Shanger Pairings, episode 113 Live. We are featuring the Elway Wednesday Maduro from Foundation Cigar Company. I am your host, John the Cigar Surgeon, joined as always by Trippy Trent, my co host. We are broadcast live and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. Show brought to you by Drew Estate. Until June 30th, if you're a Drew Diplomat member, you attend a rewards program event and make a promotional purchase, you will receive a Liga Pravada Velvet Rat. You'll also be entered to win a Drew Diplomat Pewter Ashtray, Mega Standing Ashtray, or the Swag Closet Humidor dubbed the Divorcinator. All these products were built and designed by Drew Estate Subculture Studios. If you're not a member, download the Drew Diplomat app from the Apple Store or Google Play Store today. All right, so um, I, I kind of cheated pre-show because uh, you know I've been sitting on this beer for a couple of years, and I got to say, it's very tasty, but I am a little underwhelmed, and I'm not sure if that's because my expectations were, uh, based on some of the other Imperial Stouts that I've had in the past that are bourbon barrel-aged and have been sitting for some time, I was expecting an almost overwhelming flavor, which was a little concerning because the Wednesday Maduro... Is is nuanced. There is some nuanced flavors there. And I was a little worried about the uh, stout running that over. Now <clears throat> I can tell you that's not the case. The Black Butte 27 is is actually a lot more subdued than I was expecting. Um the bourbon is still there, but I would actually say the bourbon influence on the Lane Eagle is probably more than the Stout, which is kind of oh, shocking wow. to me. Yeah. Um, the chocolate notes are there, the malty notes are there. Um, but again, it's not in my face and I don't know if that's just because it's been sitting for two years and maybe some of those flavors have kind of dialed down. Um, but the good news is that it's pairing brilliantly with the cigar because the, uh, the stout is not jacking my palate up. It's not taking over my palate with, you know, cause I've h- I've had some Imperial stouts where like, it's just so malty, so syrupy that I can't taste mm-hmm. anything else. It's not the case here. It's, um, it's tasty and, and uh, you know, getting rid of that uh, dry mouthfeel that I was getting a little bit with the cigar.
1: So a stout that I was thinking when I was smoking this earlier was uh, I think Old Rasputin. Oh, yeah. Russian Imperial would go really well with this because it's, it's really bitter, but it's also got kind of the sweet components of a stout and that, that like, uh, viscous texture. And I feel like that would go really well with the flavors of this cigar.
0: I do have a couple of... Um... Not Rasputin, but um, can't remember the brewery, but uh, I've got a couple uh, stouts that date back to 2012, and uh, I think it'd be really interesting to crack one of those bad boys and um, and and pair it up in the future. Uh, but why don't you tell our audience how that uh, Havana Club 7 is pairing?
1: I, I think it's going really well with it. It's Havana Club 7 is kind of an interesting rum because it starts off dry on the palate and leathery with those kind of tobacco notes. And then you get that kind of uh, sweet, smoky, molasses flavor, um, kind of on the finish. And I think it goes really well with the cigar. It highlights the chocolate the most, I think.
0: Nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm just—I just, I'm just,
1: have a right. question about the Black Butte. Is that listed yeah. as a stout or a porter? They listed because, as
0: a—they listed as a porter. Which okay, I was yeah. going to
1: say because Black Butte is definitely a porter, but maybe the maybe when they barrel aged it it turns into a stout.
0: Well, I mean, we've talked about it in previous shows where the um. The term porter and the term stout has kind of um, become muddied. And, you know, there isn't really a defined difference between a porter and a stout, except that a lot of people consider anything over a certain ABV to be a stout versus a porter. Um, I would certainly, if somebody said to me, it's 11.6% porter, I'd go, it's not really a porter anymore. That's a stout. Like to me, I don't know where that delineating line is, whether it's 9% or 10% or 11%, but I would certainly consider anything over 10% ceases to become a porter in my mind and starts to become a stout. But again, because that line has become so blurred, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really mean anything.
1: I mean, I feel like it used to be the color. It used to be, if it was a porter would be kind of a a dark chocolate Brown and a stout was black. And at some point we just started calling whatever we want stout or porter. Yeah. See, that's black.
0: It's black. It's midnight black. And it's, I mean, it is, you know, I, I, I guess I could say that the, um, it's not like a ten fitty, you know. Like a ten fitty, almost comes out like molasses. Like it, like it's almost, yeah. you know, it's almost syrupy. like motor oil. Yeah, it's very syrupy, and this is not syrupy. It's still definitely got some watery consistency to it still. So maybe that's you know how you define a porter versus a stout. But, um, you know, flavor's good. I like it. Yeah, definitely get those cocoa nibs. So uh, if we refresh the uh, Facebook page, how we uh, how we do? I'm surprised there's no questions after coming uh, from that PCBR.
1: Yeah, me too. Maybe they're saving all their questions for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, So Oliver, Oliver Navad, just says a shout-out. He came in late, but he's enjoying the show.
0: United Cigars, yeah.
1: Yeah, good dude.
0: And they carry an Atabay and Byron product, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I'll talk more about it. I wanted to say something there, but I'll talk more about it tomorrow. We'll save that. Absolutely. And uh, Michael Harvey from the the SigFed chat says that uh, Lane Coffee is worth it. That's his statement. Lane coffee is worth it, Um, which I agree with. It's so good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, coffee and cigars, uh, you know, especially if you're not, because there's a lot of people out there that are not drinkers of spirits or drinkers of uh, beers or alcohols or whatever. Um, Coffee is kind of that unifying thing where I would say most... Cigar smokers that I've run into drink coffee. Like I would say that the percentage of people who drink coffee is much much higher than the percentage of people who drink alcoholic dr- drinks with cigars. Yes, I agree. Um, and again, I don't like. I just I don't think that you can get a bad pairing, uh, coffee and cigar. I mean, that's you know, it's kind of like a little bit like rum, where I mean, rum and cigars are kind of made to go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of the the flavor profiles just go together so well. And coffee, you can pair with anything from a, a very mild Connecticut to something, you know, a super strong Pennsylvania broadleaf.
0: Mm, that's a good point. I mean, um, you know, we often struggle on the show with um, finding the right body to pair with the strength of the cigar. And coffee is one of those weird uh, beverages that yeah. uh, it does scale. It doesn't take away from a Connecticut and it doesn't take away from that, you know, thick, chewy Pennsylvania broadleaf, um, and it seems to match everything in between. So, uh, you know, coffee—it's good. Drink it.
1: It's good. I drink it every day.
0: So I'm gonna go um, back through my uh, pairings here. Taking the uh, coffee is probably lukewarm now, but uh, oh, it's so good. And the and, and like I said, the the acidity is nice. I like a low acidity coffee in the morning and the afternoon. I don't want that sitting on my stomach. Um, but I mean, I I hate to call it the pairing of the night, but Uh, again, how can you beat coffee? Um, to me, a barrel aged coffee and a cigar, uh, kind of friggin' awesome. Uh, I would say that that to me is like, you know, I don't want to call it a perfect pairing, but I would say it's a 95, 96. That's, you know, to me, that's, you pair it all day long, twice on Sundays. You're going to come back to it. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a safe pairing, but it's also a rewarding pairing. You're not, uh, you're not getting a thin pairing by any stretch
1: yeah and and I mean the obviously the barrel aging of a coffee really kind of it it takes it to a different level yeah. it's, it's not the same as regular coffee there's there's just a lot more nuance to it
0: how would you uh how would you rate that first pairing of the night for you
1: um it took me a little while to warm up to it, but I think it might be the pairing of the night wow. um, it's i mean just the the sweet fruity flavors of the beer go so well with this cigar uh that I don't know if I could find a stout that would pair this well with it. Except maybe like an old Rasputin 10 you know, bitter, poppy stout.
0: Ten fifty barrel aged? Oh, yeah. I thought someone was supposed to bring me some ten fifty barrel aged at the uh, show. I think there was some sort of agreement there from somebody, and I can't remember who.
1: I don't think it was me because I only have one can.
0: No, it wasn't you. It was somebody else. Anyways, okay. moving right along to the Iran uh, 18-year-old ex-Sherry Hogshead. Again excellent um, I think this is a cigar that because I do find there's there's it's it's a struggle sometimes to pair a cigar with a really heavily sherried, uh scotch um, that sherry tends to take over the palate a little bit tends to uh, coat your mouth with the with the oils of the of the scotch but also that sherry just kind of takes over your palate and uh, I'm not finding that in this case. Uh, I'm gonna take a sippy here I mean it's just it's got all those fruit flavors um spices you know it's got that nice lingering pepper cherry pepper and uh yeah just <clears throat> it's just it's great with the cigar um serves to highlight all the best parts of the cigar um it's a nice counterpoint with the uh, sweetness which we talked about and certainly talked pre-show um i would say that a sherry whiskey in this cigar has got to be in the in the low to mid 90s um i would say 93 94 um you can if you're a big fan of sherry scotch uh, this cigar and a sherry Scotch, no brainer. You can't, you can't have a bad experience.
1: Uh, so for the Glenlivet, I mean, like I said, I just don't love Glenlivet. Uh, so drinking Glenlivet on its own doesn't do much for me, but it goes really well with this cigar. I mean, it's, it's really a one-sided pairing. I'm drinking the Scotch to make the cigar better. The cigar doesn't do much for the Scotch. Um, so if, if we were talking one-sided pairing, I would give it like a 92, um, but since it doesn't, since the cigar doesn't do a lot for the Scotch, I would give it a eighty six, eighty seven.
0: I feel like the, uh, the Glenlivet fifteen might be a better pairing.
1: Yeah, the the French oak I think would go really well with it.
0: Yeah, because I think um, I tend to see like that's got that nice sweetness from the vanilla from the oak. Um, sometimes they get a lot of pear, uh, you know, mm-hmm. peaches and peaches and pear. Anything um, most people I've run into uh, prefer. I, I actually prefer the eighteen over the fifteen, but most people I've run into. Anecdotally, think the they prefer the fifteen over the eighteen. I think the fifteen would be an excellent pairing with this because it's got so many of that fruity quality. Uh, it, it is. I mean, it's only three years, but the fifteen is is a considerably more complex spirit than the twelve. To me, yeah, um, I agree. And, yeah, and I, I I think that might be a a really really good pairing. And the fifteen is um reasonably inexpensive still on the on the market.
1: Yeah, I think it's like maybe ten or twenty bucks more than mm. the twelve.
0: Such a good. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the last pairing of the night, this Black Butte xx XXII or twenty-seven. Again, I was expecting a much bigger, um, much bigger flavor. Um, it's much more subtle nuance than I really anticipating, especially with the ABV and especially with the number of ingredients in there. Um, might be the, and I, I hesitate to frame it this way, but the worst pairing of the night. Still an excellent pairing. But I think you know, given that you have to sit on this for at least a year, and I've sat on it for two years. I think the uh, the coffee and this and the sherryed whiskey to me are better pairings, um, and certainly more readily available because uh, I don't have to sit on the whiskey and I don't have to sit on the coffee. Um, still, mm-hmm. an excellent way to go. I think, like you said, maybe a little bit bolder stout would have been the way to go. Um, still, still a great pairing. Um, still, probably ranks in the nineties. For me, this is probably going to be just in the 90s, like a 90 91. Um, You know, we'd normally recommend that as a uh, box split if we're talking about cigars. Uh, But, you know, solid solid performance, just maybe a little underwhelming from what my.
1: And for the Havana Club, I feel like this is a rum that is kind of designed for cigars. It's reasonably priced and it goes with almost any cigar. The problem is, it doesn't go that well with this cigar. I think it does highlight some of the flavors well, and the cigar does highlight some of the rum flavors well, but it doesn't go as well as I think uh, most cigars go with Havana Club. So I would give this one uh, an 88. It's like maybe 88, 89. It's in that range where it's a good pairing, um, but it it certainly could be better.
0: I think there's no question in my mind that um, coming out of the show and having smoked a fair number of these uh, Wense Maduros, I think this is a cigar that's going to land on a lot of top lists this year. I think so. Um, I think, I mean, it's pretty early in the season and we obviously haven't smoked, uh, had the opportunity to smoke a lot of the stuff that came out from the show. But I think it's, I think it's probably not outside the realm of believability to think this is going to land on some top 10 lists for the year.
1: Yeah, I could, I could absolutely see it. I mean, it just, uh, right off the bat, it hits my palate right. And Even without paying attention to it and getting all of the nuance, I could see, you know, smoking cigar after cigar after cigar for this. Uh, But it's also got enough complexity that you could sit down, pair it with something, and really just kind of, you know, dig into those flavors and that complexity.
0: Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up our Armed Forces Radio Network segment, any other uh, parting questions, comments, or feedback from our audience?
1: Uh, Wayne Brown says, "Twin Engine Coffee is
0: Twin Engine Coffee is fantastic.
1: It is fantastic.
0: Yeah, I uh, I've raged on the Elefante. Uh, I think every time I go through the uh, the Nicaraguan airport, which seems to be quite frequently these mm-hmm. days, uh, I always grab one or two bags. Um, that's uh, Colin Ganley of Twin Engine, and uh, you know he's been doing it for a number of years. Uh, they have a number of blends that are designed to pair with uh, with cigars specifically." Because Colin is a, uh, he is a cigar smoker, and as we said, Lane Coffee is not a a, a supporter of the show, not an advertiser in the show. So uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind talking about other coffees because I think Twin Engine is one of those coffees that always has a place in my uh, cabinet. For
1: yeah, I I completely agree with that. They make fantastic coffee. That Nicaraguan cigar blend is so good.
0: Legit. I think uh, number two is my jam. I think he's got. I
1: don't think I've had number two. I've only had the number one.
0: Yeah, I think it's number two that uh, tends to have a lot of that powdered cocoa in it, which uh, is kind of my jam. It's got some fruity notes. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, So, of course, we're going to be back tomorrow night with a uh, IPCPR recap wrap-up show. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, we kind of kept our coverage tight this year we didn't do a lot of live coverage uh, after the show because we we're kind of going to meet some commitments with dinners and some meetings after the show so we're going to kind of do I, I'd imagine that's a show that's going to run long um, so if you want to tune in tomorrow night at 8pm eastern get your questions in at Uh we'll have the Facebook link up soon get your questions and comments in because we'll have a lot to talk about we've got uh, of course always shenanigans going on the IPCPR um, but appreciate everyone who's tuned in live to this episode of sharing our pairings we will be back at our regular scheduled time next week. And as we on sharing, sharing our friends, we do want you to drink better, but we do want you to drink less.